0: Verse 17, be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before who? And kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Father, I pray that you would prepare us. For life's emergencies and life's urgencies and life in general. We're talking a lot about life here today, Lord God. Prepare us for this life that you've given us. We thank you for your precious, precious, powerful word, Lord God, that is able to give us insight and direction and unction, Lord God, for life. We honor and we praise you in Christ's name. And everybody together set? And I praise God. You may be seated. Poise in the noise. That's what i want to be speaking about today. Poise in the noise. And in this life you shall have persecution. We've covered that time and time again. It doesn't say maybe, if, could be, by chance, perchance. It says you will have persecution. Uh, married couples, you know what I'm talking about. Singles, get ready, get ready, get ready. Somebody might opposed to you, hallelujah, maybe even as, as I speak. No, 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 not in church, not in church, please. Uh, now here in this portion of Scripture, Matthew 10, Jesus was talking to common folk. When you study the life of the disciples, they were just like you and I. Very, very common folk. I mean, you know, fishermen and, and uh, you know, they weren't real real noble, high and mighty kind of individuals, the disciples. Thank God for that, right? Uh, you know, they were, they were labors, common labors. Okay, and in other words, these men that Jesus had chosen and that he was speaking to at this, uh, in this portion of scripture, this, uh, you know, portion of time. These men were not at all accustomed to, to coming before judges and lawyers and attorneys and, 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 and you know, high and mighty kind of individuals. Do you know what I'm, I'm talking about? They weren't used to coming before governors and kings. Not at all. As uh, a matter of fact, the kind of people that come before kings and lawyers, and you know, you, they get tongue-tied. Uh, ever been before a, a judge? Uh, uh, yes, Your Honor, your, your Royal Majesty. I mean, uh, you know, we get tongue-tied. We're not used to. We're common folk. Just like these disciples were. Okay, we're, you know, man, talk about a trial. Uh, Yet here Jesus is telling them that someday they're going to be in this predicament. Talk about Panic City. Wow. He's telling them out front, you're going to come before magistrates, you're going to come before kings and governors and lawyers and attorneys. It's going to happen. So they begin to panic. Uh, I mean, I I can imagine the scenario. You know, it's enough to make any person, you know, shiver in their boots. Wow, I'm going to have to come before, you know, uh, the the city council. I'm going to have to come before the mayor, the governor. Wow, they begin to shiver in their boots already. Uh, And again, those of you that have been to court, you know what I'm talking about. No one relishes the time that they have to come in, in, in the court before the judge, let alone kings and governors. Now, thus it's easy to see that the fear and the panic That the words of Jesus created among the disciples, because again they were common folk. So there must have been a a fear and a panic that's that's covering and and coming around the disciples, because they know what Jesus is talking about is going to happen someday. Okay, see, all of us common folk—we're not used to dealing with these kind of high and mighty dignitaries. See, and when we do, we really don't know how to act. We we seem to trip over our own words. Okay, we, we say something that we just, no, we said the wrong thing, and, and we, no, we, we look like fools, right? Oh, my God, why did I say that? Uh, whenever you come before somebody that's of that's noble uh, a stock or breed, so to speak, and then you're supposed to say, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, homie, you know, or something like that. We, Oh, my God, what did I say that, man? He's, in the, he's not from the hood. What did I say that? I'm going to be in, 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 in bad st- standing with this individual. I said the wrong... Many of you, when we call you to testify. When you sit down, you go, oh, my God, I could have said this, I could have said that, I could have said... Everybody does that. We all do. I should have said... That. Oh, man, why didn't I say that? Uh, but we end up looking like fools sometimes. We feel we've done the wrong thing and we've said the wrong things. We feel awkward and sometimes we even feel ashamed, if you will. We feel awkward, but we feel ashamed. Oh, my God, why did I say that? Uh, why didn't I take that class on whatever? Ah. Uh, hooked on phonics, uh, or something like that. I should have done something. Some of those words. I need some of these big words, uh, you know, your royal highness, you know. So when the disciples hear what Jesus is talking about here, okay, these words from the master in Matthew chapter 10, they get a little bit uneasy, all right, unnerved. They probably begin to wonder and to contemplate, what shall we do? How shall we act? What are we going to say when we come before these governors and, and kings and, and lawyers and attorneys, how are we going to act? Uh, they begin to feel a little bit uneasy and unnerved. And they get worried. See, when they get anxious, they get worried. And, you know, their, their mind probably begins to work overtime. What am I going to tell the king? Or what am I going to say the, to these attorneys? Now, what Jesus was trying to do here was prepare his disciples Listen to this, because this is the brunt of the sermon. He's trying to prepare his disciples as he's trying to prepare us here today for life's emergencies. Because life's gonna be full of emergencies. Then the live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, all of a sudden, from left field, someone will come and hit you upside the head. Oh my god, I wasn't expecting this. He's trying to prepare his disciples for life's unexpectancies. And that's the way we're supposed to. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, Paul says. And same with us, we shouldn't go, you know, us as Christians, we shouldn't be, wow, I didn't know. we got to get ready. Study the scriptures. It tells you to get ready for life's emergencies because they're going to come. Sometimes they come through the back door, through the back door window, or sometimes they come through the front door. But they come. Uh, We have to prepare ourselves. We must ready ourselves for life's emergencies. And as your pastor, my friend, I want us to do the same thing. Because the Bible does say that there will be times when the enemy will come in like the flood. it will come in like a flood. I remember getting off the plane. Last time I went to the, to the Orient. And I still, I, I, sometimes I tell my sons and my, my family who are not here right now, uh, I tell them, man, you know what, I still haven't really, really cried too much over my little nephew dying. But I remember getting off the plane, and kind of a sudden the phone went off. And, you know, right away, and then my wife gets a phone, and, and she starts talking, and I can still, I knew something was up. And, and she says, you know what, you, you know, your little nephew passed away. He died. You're running from the cops. Many of you know the story. Uh, all of a sudden, just life's emergencies come up. Things that, wow. We, and we got to be ready for them. To handle them. Be prepared. Uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Emergencies are inevitable. They're going to come. How then are we prepared? And how are we supposed to respond? See, we may well be living, you know, a... Uh, even killed common kind of a lifestyle with a lot of same old same old Sit with me now. A lot of us, we can just be, you know, living a regular day-to-day kind of a life, and all of a sudden, something happens in our lives. Suddenly, the Bible speaks about that. Suddenly, uh, suddenly things happen. A crisis occurs. Uh, uh, you know, a sudden storm will arise. An unexpected trial will come right up your front door. What then? How are we supposed to react? See, literally, we might not come before judges, we might not come before governors or kings, but Jesus was only using these as a figure of speech, okay, to teach us a point. He wanted to get his point across. That's what he's doing here in the Scripture. As you read, he's trying to prepare you. Uh, Be ready for anything. That's why it's important to come to church. That's why it's important to study the Word of God. Uh, Christ wanted to teach a principle to his disciples. He wanted to ready and repair them mentally, the disciples, to be able to confront any and all of life's emergencies. And that's what's important for us as well. That's why I chose this sermon here today. Because I want to make sure that someday when, these things, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you're ready and repaired. You will not be ignorant of the fact that, wow, all these things happen. See, there's other types of kings and governors and judges and lawyers. There's other types. Sickness is a king. Uh, sorrow is the governor, there's a the king of trouble, and there's a the governor of loss, that's going to happen, you've got to understand that, uh, I mean, we're only here on earth a fraction of forever, I've told you time and again, you've got to be ready for life's emergencies and unexpected things, and even death, that's the biggest king, that's the king of the jungle, there's a lot of kings, and one of the main kings is death, uh, but, I mean, I teach and preach behind this spot, but many times about death, it's, it's only a what? A servant. That's all it is. It really is. But a lot of us, if we don't understand what death is, when it happens, we're like, oh, my God. Finally, they call it to God. Uh, but we're, we're supposed to look at it like, you know, it's graduation time for a Christian. For me to live as Christ, so to die is, is even better. Um, and we need to understand that. Uh, without death, we can't go to heaven. It, it serves a purpose. Uh, it's only your servant. It's not your king, your ruler. Oh, my God, it's death. Okay, get ready. Uh, I can't wait to say bye-bye. I'll see you later. Uh, See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile, you stay here in the swamp. uh, But this crocodile going home. Uh, Hallelujah. But there's all kinds of kings. Like I said, the light in winter is death. How shall we deal with this type of, of calamities and trials in our lives? Shall we run? Shall we hide? Shall we dummy up? How are we supposed to act? When life's emergencies come right up our front door. See, these modern day kings and governors, Jesus knew that they have a way of of causing grief and and terror in in people's lives. And we as common folk just don't know how to deal with those issues by and large, okay? Who are having to face and confront them. That's the way we are. We're just like the disciples. How are we going to act? What's going to happen? We're common folk. Uh, We didn't go to Death 101 at Stanford uh, or, or sorrow 102 at Cal. But you better have come to church 101, hallelujah. Uh, we'll get you here. Now you learn stuff here that you can't learn in them schools and all that madness. God meets you here. God knows what you need. Ah, uh, That's right. See, sickness and sorrow, loss, loneliness, and even death. These kings and these governors are inevitable in our lives. You're going to suffer loss. You're going to have some sorrow. Uh, too much sun equals what? A desert uh, To every life a little bit of rain must fall You need that rain You need that pain You need that uh, Everybody wants your sunny days Sunny days so I'm working on a sermon I'm bringing up pretty soon About this kind of stuff About Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, Hey man, come on You need some You need some grit in your life uh, So what shall we do? How are we supposed to react? How are we supposed to conduct ourselves Towards these emergencies in our lives? Now when the disciples heard these words from Christ, uh, they no doubt began to ready themselves and rehearse themselves for those coming days that were ahead. In other words, oh no, Jesus says i want going to come before kings and governors and lawyers and attorneys. So they begin to ready themselves, prepare themselves. They begin to, you know, rehearse, if you will. They probably went over a few key lines and, and maybe a few answers that they thought would do the trick and get them by. It's probably what they did. Probably John and, and, and James got together, and Peter and Andrew, and uh, you know, well, you know, what's going to happen? How are you going to? Well, I don't know. I you know, uh, you know, well, see, King, it's this way. The woman thou gavest me. Oh, uh, man. Couldn't you have picked somebody else? Uh, uh Your Honor, uh, I think the fifth. Mm-hmm. That's a cop out. Uh, Oh uh, what Jesus! I know Jesus, justice. I, there's a Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. I never heard of the guy. They, they, they start you know rehearsing how they're gonna act. Oh I don't know no Jesus Christ. Uh uh-uh. uh. No I wasn't with a Galilean. No I know I speak like a Galilean. I know my name is Peter, but uh uh-uh, uh I, I I don't know I don't know no Jesus. I, Jesus justice I know, but not Jesus Christ. I don't know Jesus Christ. You little whims little damsel little girl. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They begin to rehearse how they're going to act in all these times. But no, says Jesus, don't even rehearse such a speech. That's what he says. Don't even think of what you're going to say. Ah, When they deliver you up, don't worry. Don't be anxious for what to say or how to deal with your emergencies. Ah. And here's the key. Here's the key to the sermon. Jesus says, don't prepare a speech. Prepare your life. That's what he's saying. Don't prepare a speech. Prepare your life, buddy. Come to church. Study to show yourself approved. Get get on your knees. Be ready for life's emergencies. Uh, Think it not strange. Expect that. Don't get all bent out of shape. You're gonna be assisting the spirit if you if all these things get to you all the time. Ah oh, man, you're, what kind of a Christian are you gonna be? I was. Oh God, I gotta go to church again. Man, your friends gonna be. If you're gonna go like that, I don't wanna to go to your church like that. I was complaining. To church, they're gonna want my money. Tithes. Uh, they're gonna want that. My God. Uh, don't prepare. A speech, prepare yourselves. Ah, that is how we're supposed to prepare for life's emergencies. We're to prepare our lives, ourselves, our inner man for those kings, for those governors, for those emergencies that are going to come right up your front door. I remember years ago I spoke a sermon. I began that sermon by saying, who was Willie Mays? And everybody, everybody said, he was a center fielder all-star for the San Francisco Giants. And I said, no, he wasn't. That's what he did. But that's not who he was. The guy was a gambler. That's who he was. What he did is he played center field. That's what he did, but that's not who he was. Uh, see, can we come over here to find out who we is? Who we is? And how are we going to act? Uh, when all these things come knocking up our front door. Uh, we're preparing ourselves. Uh, that's... that's the same principle applies with us. Um, in other words, who's the guy you take to bed each night? Who's the woman you take to bed each night? It better be a woman too, a woman taking a woman. You know. I'm not talking about, you know. But that's what we're here for. The person you take to bed at night, how are you going to act? And You know what I'm talking about, come on. When you're sitting there all alone. Man, what did I do today? Why did I do that? How come that happened? Uh, when it's just you and God you got to prepare yourself for life's emergencies and life in itself. See, that's the thing, the thing that Jesus is trying to tell his disciples. That the answer to emergencies is found in them, in themselves. Not in a prepared speech, but a prepared life. Uh, for, their, for their floods, for their kings that are going to come their way. For their sicknesses, for their loss, for their sorrow, for their tragedies in their lives. That's the reason why, you know... I, I tell you, you know, church attendance is important. Because you, what, what happens here? When you come here, you're preparing yourself. You're getting ready uh, for life's emergencies, for life's journey. What have I said before about sermons? Sermons are what? Sediment. They're, they're like, in other words, they're like, like, a, like a cliff. When you see a cliff and, and, and you see all those lines, that's sediment. And some lines are bigger than other lines than a cliff. In other words, that's how you get strong. That's how you become a, a cliff of a, a, of a man, a mountain of a man, a mountain of a woman. That's how mountains are made, through sediment. Some of you, man, you're not a mountain, you're a, you're a, you're a molehill. Ah, uh, just, no, you, you, you need it. Sometimes in that sediment you see some, some lines that are thicker than others. And sometimes that's what happens when you come to church. You go, you're going to hear a sermon that was really the one you needed. That's a real strong one. I remember that sermon. Ooh, that was a strong one in my life. I needed it. Ah. Uh, you got to get ready. Sediment. Remember in Matthew chapter 25 about the parable of the ten virgins? And I, and I often use this scripture, but I, I inserted it again for this because it's important. Uh, the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. Virgin. Remember that? The bridegroom came and what happened? Five were wise. And what did they have? The oil. Five were, you know, fools, foolish virgins. What did they not have? They didn't have no oil. And what happens with the five that didn't have the oil? What did they ask the other five? Give me some oil. What did the five wise say? And no wise. Not because they were wise. No way. Uh, so while they went to buy, the Bible says, the bridegroom came. And what that parable is standing for is, in other words, it's talking about oil. And oil means character. That's what it means in the parable. You either got it or you don't. You can't substitute it. You can't front it off. Where do you get the oil? In church? On your knees? In prayer? Witnessing? Studying? That's where you get the oil. But when the enemy comes in like a flood or when the bridegroom comes and you're not ready. Sorry, buddy. Character cannot be exchanged from one wise one to another one. You either got it or you don't. And man, you're going to need character like crazy up in this life. Uh, And you either got it or you don't. Now, in Matthew chapter 10 that we were covering here, the, the key is found in verse 19. It says, be not anxious. Matthew 10, 19. In other words, don't worry. See, Jesus is trying to tell us to face our problems <clears throat> with the invincibility of a prepared life, not a prepared speech. Understand what I just said there. That's what he's trying to tell us. Don't worry. If you've prepared, if you've got the oil, get me all in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. If you got that oil, you don't got to worry. You can keep it in cruise control. You, you, that's an invincibility. Uh, you know, you're invincible really as a Christian because you have a prepared life. See, I've mentioned it a number of times before. A lot of us, we're like yo yo Christians. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we can't tell you, we can't ask you, how are you today? We have to ask you, who are you today? Uh, who are you? Are you Dr. Jekyll or are you Mr. Hyde? Are, are, are you you know super Christian or are you you know maybe Christian? Who are you? Ah, uh, see when you meet these people on the streets or at church, you don't really know who they are. And Jesus is trying to tell us to prepare ourselves to be cruise control Christians. Uh, don't panic. Don't get all bent out of shape. Ah, uh, don't worry. Be praying. Uh, that's what Philippians says. Uh, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. Be not anxious, Jesus is saying. Uh, in, in preparation for life's emergencies, the key thing is to, to cultivate a, the strength of stillness. That's what he's trying to tell us. Don't let, me, don't let me lose you right now. He's telling us cultivate the strength of stillness. Cultivate the strength of calmness. Cultivate the strength of coolness. Poise in the noise. That's the title of my sermon. Keep it in cruise control. Don't get all bent out of shape. Uh, see, anxiety and worry are mental and spiritual unrests in people's lives. Okay? Anxiety and worry are spiritual, brings spiritual, spiritual chaos to a person's life. Uh, because there's the absence of, of confidence and, and, and coolness in an individual's life. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Be cool, calm, and collected, buddy, as a Christian. Uh, be cool. Uh, that's the secret of our strength. See, people with this attitude, with this character, they have a way of being able to quiet any riot, to stave off any wave. They have a way of doing it. They can quiet any riot, they can stave any wave. Because they're cool, calm, collected. They have poise the noise. You know, I, I know many times when couples come and we have to talk with them and deal with them and they're going through stuff in their lives with my wife and I, and they come before us. Just sometimes our demeanor, just sometimes being, you know, uh, uh, quiet can, and, and, and cool and calm, that can stifle our trouble. When, when, when people come before you and, and, and you're, you know, you're feeling good, and maybe they're going through all kinds of stuff, but then they come before you and, and you, you got it together. You don't even got to say too much. Just, man, this guy got it together. They, they feel a whole lot better already. Uh, I mean, what I'm talking about here today is evangelism, really. You can evangelize. If you're cool, calm, and collected under the storm, prepared for life's emergencies, man, people want that. Where did you get that? On my knees. Where would you get that, man, of cranking open the Bible? Where would you get that going to church? Man, I want that for my life. People aren't stupid. They're ignorant, but they're not stupid. Oh, a, this has to do with ignorance so they don't know but Paul says I would not have you ignorant uh, it's important cool, calm and collected you know the word collected in the Greek it means like a definition of have you ever been to somebody's garage and the garage is real neat that's what it means like a real good collections you know, every every tool's just right Boom, everything's a man, you, you, what happens is you go in there and you say, well, this guy's got it together, or, or maybe sometimes it could be a woman. Ah, uh, Is Jeff here? Jeff would know. My wife's got it together, right? She got her tools. Uh, she got my, my garage. She got it going on in my garage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she can fix anything, Hallelujah. Uh, but when you go to a garage with people that got it together, man, it just, all of a sudden, wow, it feels good. Uh, can you imagine going and, and you have to go for surgery or something and, and you're going to come before a doctor and, and and you know, and then he tells you, yeah, you're my first, uh, you're my first case. You're going to be, uh, you know, but if they've got all kinds of stuff on the walls, I've done this, done that, I've been, been there, done that, you know, you know, had heart surgeries and, you know, all that's, you, you feel a whole lot better. You have it more together. <clears throat> and that's the same thing in Christianity. If you got it together, man, hey, you, you know, you bring a calmness to people. Uh, you can quiet any riot. You got your life together. That's the way our spiritual life, our spiritual uh, garage should be as well cool, calm, and collected. See, it's important that we cultivate a life of calmness, a life of little or no anxiety. That's what Philippians 4 6 says. Uh, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication. In other words, don't worry, be praying. Don't worry, be praying, be on your knees. Remember Jesus, uh, what he's telling us is that a prepared life is more valuable than a prepared speech. uh, Or a planned and, 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 and rehearsed response. Then another key that Jesus instructs us here is he says, don't worry or don't be anxious for tomorrow. That's how he ends here. He says, don't worry about anything. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. See, Jesus knew that there's not always, not always, things are not always going to be as they seem. A lot of us are, oh, my God, oh, but tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. How am I going to pay the bills? He says, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about tomorrow as well. Things are not always as they seem. Uh, see, we might notice on the horizon some big storm. I was just in Houston, and we were right near Barrie. Have, have you been watching the news, the weather? We were right there by Barry. oh my God, and we were getting parts of it. It was about 100 degrees, but still the clouds were coming. People get all worried about Barry. oh my God, Uh, because it's near the, the, the Gulf there of Texas. And you can see these clouds coming your way. But then sometimes, my friend, they never materialize. They never come our way, or else if they do come, the storm wasn't all that bad. And all that storm really did was to make you stronger. You found shelter in that storm. You went to, one of my, my wife's favorite verses in all the Bible is, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. Uh, yes, there's going to be trials and tribulations and long sermons, hallelujah. But I'll finish. Uh, and, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. Uh, come on, you don't want to be a sissy Christian anyways. Uh, See in Christianity, troubles and trials and storms—they usually work for our good. They're anchors in our lives, anchors. And man, you know what? I've been through that. Remember Paul? He was shipwrecked. He was beaten and all kinds of stuff. And after he was shipwrecked, he gets up from you know being there and, and he tells the devil, "Is that it, devil? Is that is that you hit me with your best shot? Well, I'm still standing. I'm still here. Forget Elton John. I'm still standing." Ah, uh, that's right. I'm still here, devil. You hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. Ah, uh, I don't know where that came from. Somebody's praying for me. Uh, she probably didn't do it. I think maybe she did. I don't know. But I'm still 27 and a half years later, devil. And he's hit me with all kinds of shots. I'm still standing. I'm still preaching. Hallelujah. Ah, They work for your good. Everything works for your good. All things, not just a few things. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 3, then I'm done. Romans 5. Very important that we learn this, and then I'm going to close. I'm getting very close to closing. Romans 5, 3. Do you have it? Let's begin in verse 2. Ah, let's begin in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? Huka Lamara. son that's what I want to say, verse 1. Peace is not the absence of chaos and turmoil. It's, it's, a, it's an inner feeling. It's an inner sense. Uh, even in chaos and turmoil. That's what peace is. You don't know what peace is until you're in a storm. You don't know what peace is until you're in the valley of the shadow. You don't know what peace is until you're in the midst of a trial, an emergency. You don't know if you got it until a push comes to a shop. We'll see what you're made of. And we're making you right now. You're being made right now. A made man, hallelujah. And you ain't, ain't gonna be made in the shade. You'll be made in the storm, hallelujah. In the storm. My God, church of God in Christ, here we go. Peace, hallelujah. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained, hallelujah, gained. Access by what? Into the grace which we now stand, hallelujah. I'm still standing. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our what? Because we know. That suffering worketh perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Suffering works perseverance. Perseverance works character. And character works hope. It worketh. Uh, because we know, and I've preached on this before... I wasn't going to say it, but I, I, there's probably some of you that never heard this. I want to bring it out. We know. We can go through all these things because we know. We know they're going to produce something. They're going to work for us. I've told you when my, when my wife had her stephan and Stephanie Valentina too, but especially Stephen, I was there, trying to help her. We'd taken a Lamont Harris class, breathing techniques. Breathe, breathe. Yes, I was such a help. And, and, you know, there's a gospel truth. I told you that after a while, I find out what, what really what, what was happening there. Ladies, oh, Jesus, uh, I had to get out of her way. You know, you know what I'm talking about from one, two, three, four, and 10, you know, all that stuff, 10, ladies, you know. Uh? And when she was about like 8 or 9, woo-hoo. you know, I mean, I thought we was in the boxing ring. I thought we was, you know, heavyweight champion. of the, I mean, because she was hitting everything in, in sight. So I got out of sight. Kind dumb. Uh, she was hitting that wall pass. And a thick brick wall pass. I go, woman, my God. Uh, we'll put you up against Tyson. Forget about the garage. Let's make some money here. Hallelujah, huh? My God. She was like, boom. And I, I'd get out, you know. Because I could feel, you know, you, after you get good at it, it's come here. It comes, here it comes, here it comes. When, it, when she says, oh, here it comes, there I go. Hallelujah. Uh, here goes the right go. It was tough, right, ladies? How many of you ever had kids, ladies? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But why can you weather that storm? Why can you go through that? Because you know, knowing that it's going to produce something, it produced a preacher who's preaching this morning in Sacramento. It produced two young ladies that are ministering this morning in Utrecht, Holland. It produces something. Suffering produces things. They're good for you, they work to your good. Then it gives us, they work. Suffering worketh patience, patience worketh perseverance. Here's the key they work for you, you're the boss. Trials work for you. You're the boss. You you have the keys. You're the the main man. But a lot of people don't hire trials. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want none. You got a sissy of a life. You got a sissy of a ministry. Uh, Because you don't hire trials. You're the boss. Uh, They work for you. Uh, They produce something. That's what the Bible says here. Suffering worketh perseverance. Perseverance worketh character. And character worketh hope. It produces all these things. That's how how strong Christians are made, through trials and tribulations. So Jesus is saying, think it not strange. Uh, Don't worry about when uh, life's emergencies come. Don't prepare a speech. Don't miss church if you don't have to. Don't miss it. Be wherever you can. Go. You're going to hear a sermon. You're going to be involved with Christians. Get there. Sediment. You're producing a life, not a speech. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Poise in the noise. You're in charge. You're the boss of the trials. Because every head is bowed and every eye closed, but God, moving to ministry. I want to pray for you this morning. You needed to hear this. God prepared the sermon for you, for you to prepare a life. You see, my life is not where it needs to be right now, Pastor Steve. But it's going to get there through sufferings and perseverance and character and hope that maketh not ashamed this was a teaching to common disciples common folks that were afraid of what they were going to act when they had to come before kings and governors and he says don't worry about it, I'm going to tell you what to say as long as you hang around with me Jesus as long as you do what I tell you, as long as you are obedient to me don't worry about it don't worry about tomorrow either 'Cause sometimes the storms don't come that you thought were gonna come. And when they do, they work for you. If you handle them the right way. They work for you. You're the boss. Every head is bought, every call, Spirit of God, moving to ministry. So, Brother Steve, this sermon was right up my freeway, it was for me. And I want to culminate this message, this sermon in prayer. And I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve. If that's you, from all those places, I want to ask you to lift up your hand and quickly put it down. God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. you can put your hand out. God bless you, you can put your hand down. God bless you, You can put your hand down. God bless you so you can put your hand down. Anyone else, this is my last call. God bless you, you can put your hand down. God bless you, God bless you. you can put your hand down. Anybody else can say the sermon was for me, and I want you to pray for me. About 27 and a half years of Christianity, I can pray very empathetically for you here this morning. Anybody else? This is my last call. You want to be included in this prayer? God bless you, young lady. You put your hand on. God bless you. So you can put your hand on. You haven't lifted up your hand yet, but you want to do so now. You want me to pray for you? Quickly lift up your hand and quickly put it down. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Everybody standing. I'm going to ask those of you that raised your hand to take a second step. I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come and stand at this altar or kneel at this altar. The choice is yours. If you want to stand or if you want to kneel. Good things happen at the altar. Great things happen at the altar. Powerful things happen at the altar. He so said, the sermon was for me, and I want you to pray for me, Brother Steve. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip by your seat come to this altar. Allow me to pray for you.